Maybe you have had a dream of living on your own private island, not too far from civilization, but still offering you that level of privacy you can't get at many other places. Well, there are three islands that are now for sale. They're not too, too far from Metro Vancouver. Two are in the Gulf Islands. One is in Cowichan Lake, and it is the price tag that is surprising to a lot of people. Joining Joining me now to talk more about this is Mark Lester, Senior Vice President with Unique Properties with Colliers. Mark, thank you so much for taking some time today. Well, thanks for having me, Jill. Uh, how rare is it, or, or is it rare, to have three small islands that are all up for sale at the same time? It's not unusual for there to be uh, various different islands for sale at any given time. You know, the BC coast is fairly big, uh, so we can get islands on the Sunshine Coast or islands up in the Discovery Islands or farther north. Um, you know, at the moment, there are the two Gulf Islands and there's the island in, in Cowichan Lake, uh, but that's not necessarily unusual, no. All right, so tell us a little bit about these. Can you describe kind of how big the islands are and uh, what they look like? Sure. What I mean, two of these islands are my listings, another is... is um, being handled by an associate here in the office. Um, Fane Island is is the is the larger of the Gulf Island properties that's currently for sale. It's a little under two acres. Um, it has a, a home on it. It has um, a, a complete septic system. It has a, a, a little harbor with a with a breakwater in it. Um, it's located just off the east coast of Pender Island, so it's quite accessible and it's a great location. Um, uh, it's a, it's a really nice topography. It's got some nice meadows and beautiful arbutus trees, and and really quite quite beautiful um, uh, topography. Uh, Little Shell Island is another one that I have listed. It's about an acre. It is quite close to um, um, Sydney in, on Vancouver Island on the Saanich Peninsula. It's about a five minute drive actually, or a five minute boat ride. It's it's very very close. Uh, it's a it's one acre. It has a small cabin on it. Uh, it has a, a nice little dock that can accommodate most boats. Not huge boats, but certainly you know boats that most people would commute in. Um, it, uh, um, it it doesn't have a lot of other infrastructure right now, um, but it certainly could. That's all very doable, and and the the owner has uh, has done a fair amount of the work that would be needed in order to be able to uh, get any permits that would be necessary to build on it. Um, the, the island in Cowichan Lake is about two and a quarter acres. Um, now, it has quite a nice house on it. It's a timber frame house. Um, it has a dock, a generator uh, hut, um, a little um, sleeping cabin or, or, you know, what we might call a bunkie. Um, and uh, it, it's, now it's sort of on the far end of Cowichan Lake, so it's a, it's a bit of a boat ride to get there. Um, but um, it's quite a pretty little island as well. All right. Well, they all sound really, really lovely. And I mentioned the price. So, and again, it's not as not as though these are cheap listings. But I think when you think of your own island and a private island with a dwelling on it, uh, people tend to think that it would be much more than this. But am I right in saying that they are all listed at, at less than two million dollars? Yes. Uh, Fane Island, the first one I described, is a million nine ninety five. Uh, Little Shell Island is a million three seventy five. And Island Seven, which is the one in Cowichan Lake, uh, that one is listed at a million five forty-nine. So, um, you know, all of these are 
are quite affordable in the context of certainly the Vancouver or the Victoria real estate markets, for sure. Right, because even if you were looking at, uh, say, the the Vancouver market, it would be not unheard of for even a, a modest townhouse to be listed at $1.3 million. Yeah, that's correct, for sure. So a different lifestyle, though. You mentioned how uh, accessible by boat that uh, that the islands are. But so so I would imagine any owner then to you would need to have your own boat. It's not as though there's a ferry service or any other way. That's correct. You, you really need to um, have your own boat. You need to know how to or be comfortable with operating your own boat. People obviously learn. I've, I've sold islands to people who had never boated before, <laughs> but they, they learn pretty quickly. And, and you know what, there's, there's, a, there's a, a real um, sort of unique quality to that, that privacy that you get and that sense of, um, you know, owning your own kingdom with a, with your, with a, a moat around it. Um, you know, that's, that's what people really love about private islands. There's, there's just a, it's it's hard to describe, but it's something that that there are many people many people really sort of um, gravitate towards. And you mentioned some of the services that uh, the islands have. Are there kind of the the all the comforts that people like as far as power, internet, that kind of thing? Yeah, you know, I've been I've been selling private islands for about twenty five years, and when I started. Um, I, I actually wrote a, an article called 10 Things to Consider When Buying a Private Island. And one of the things was having a, a power supply, so shore power or a, a submarine cable supplying power and, and telephone service and, and those sorts of conveniences. And some island owners had spent a lot of money to put these services in. Now, off-grid systems are really sophisticated and, and uh, you have things like Starlink or Smart Hub, which is a TELUS product, um, or just cell coverage that, that gives you great telephone and internet. Um, so you can be off the grid with a really great um, power system, um, rainwater collection, and you can live just like you're living in the city. You can have a washer and dryer, or a dishwasher, anything that you really want powered by the sun. Hmm. And you mentioned the whole idea of wanting your own kingdom and the, that privacy. What about the isolation, though? It's not as though you're you're heading down to the pub at any point, really, or going to the grocery store. You you would have to plan those things out a lot in advance. So is it is it a level of isolation that maybe people may need to make sure they're really really aware of? Well, owning a private island isn't for everybody, and and that's one of the first things that I'll say to somebody when they're when they're looking. And and I've I've had conversations with people and said an island isn't for you. This is you know this you know here's an alternative, but maybe an island isn't isn't the right buy uh, purchase for you. But you know it is those people who really value that isolation. Um, and and but you're right. You know you can't go to your neighbor to borrow a cup of sugar or a couple of eggs. You need to remember that you're bringing those things. Your building materials have to be brought on, your fuel to be able to power your generator, all of those things you need to bring onto that island. And then you need to take, you know, your garbage off. But, you know, the what you get in return is, you know, it's, it's, it's really hard to describe because... Um, and I, you know, I often refer to recreational utility, and recreational utility might be different for different people. Some people love having neighbors and love being part of a community. Other people love that privacy and that isolation. So everybody's different. All right. And and when you were 
getting people interested or, or with the listings. And again, uh, there, there would still be a price, I think, for, for a lot of people. They, they don't have that amount of cash just sitting around. Uh, is it like a house in that can you get a mortgage for an island? Um, you can get a mortgage for an island. Um, mainstream lenders have, have perhaps a, a tougher time understanding private islands. Um, you, you know, there's there, the, if you're buying a house, for example, you might be able to get 75% of the purchase price in a mortgage. You're typically not getting that with a private island. But most private islands are purchased by people who don't need to finance. Mm. And, and so it's not as big an issue. So... Uh, we, we, uh, you know, I typically don't run into that as, as being an impediment to being people buying a private island. Um, so, um, but it is possible to get financing. It's just more challenging than it would be the, you know, the house in the city. All right. Do you know why the current owners of the islands are selling them? Uh, you know, I, I, I can speak for the, the ones that I'm handling directly. One of them, uh, the folks live offshore. They live in Europe and. You know, they just don't get to use it to the extent that they used to, and and so it's time to time to pass that on to somebody else. Um, the other one, you know, the owner simply has other priorities, and you know, I, I think island owners really do see themselves as stewards of unique real estate, and and you know, people really like the idea of uh, passing that stewardship on to somebody else who is going to value it as much as they they did but i think when people get to the point where they're not able to utilize their islands you know spend the time there and really enjoy them it's time to pass it on to somebody else well, and there are three opportunities if people are in the market for their own private island. Mark, we'll leave it there for today, but thank you again so much for coming on the show. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Canada may be known for its landscapes and friendly people, but beneath the surface lies a darker side of crime, history, and the paranormal. Since 2017, the award-winning Dark Poutine podcast has explored the shadowy corners of the Great White North and beyond, delivering chilling tales from a uniquely Canadian perspective. Hosted by Mike Brown and Matthew Stockton with over 300 episodes and fresh releases every Monday, Dark Poutine is your weekly ticket to the creepier side of Canada. Listen to Dark Poutine on Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts.